0: Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Glad you're here again, and uh, if you haven't caught up in this series, I rarely do this, push pause on, on Easter on a series. I usually start a new series after Easter, but frankly, I just I couldn't get away from this. And, and to be truthful, when uh, we planned our message series, which I usually do months and months out. Um, this was the message I knew I would be preaching in this series. So it's six weeks long, and I only had one message to preach, and this was it. Uh, this one I knew I was going to give you. I didn't know exactly when it would fall in the series, but I, I've always felt like this is the, seri- the the message I'm supposed to deliver in this series. And uh, if you haven't called up and you want to go back and, and catch all of that, we've been talking about... What it's like to live as a kingdom citizen. That even though you're a citizen of the United States, my first allegiance isn't here. My first allegiance is to heaven. Amen, everybody? And there are behaviors and there are values and there are things about a a kingdom citizen that make us different than the rest of the world. And here's what we've said over the last four weeks. Is that if you'll apply these behaviors and attitudes and, and there's a code to living in the kingdom. And if you'll do it, you'll unlock God's best for your life. That there's some stuff God wants to give us that you and I have to unlock and that there's a code to that. There's I, I want the blessing of God on my life. Listen, and I want my life to be a magnet for the blessing of God. Do you want that, anybody? You want to live your life in such a way that the favor of God chases you down and finds you and blessings always just show up at your door? Does anybody else want to live that but me? I want to live that way, and the truth is you have a part to play. I have a part to play in unlocking that. We've said Jesus is the king of the kingdom, and so we're going to live our lives submitted to the king. And if you weren't here, the week before Easter Palm Sunday, I preached about the code of ruling your own spirit, that your spirit is your responsibility, and just to kind of catch you up, I'm actually going to jump on the end of that message to give you what I've got to give you today. Uh, we said that if you're going to rule your, sp- rule your spirit, you need to have a teachable spirit, an unoffendable spirit, and a submitted spirit. And I want to jump on the backside of a submitted spirit today. If you didn't catch that, go watch that message. But I want to jump on the backside of that today, and I want to give you this code. This is the thing. Listen, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. If I could only preach one thing to you. Of how to change your life today. Now, I know that there's a lot of things, and I know that that's a that's a weighted way to talk about changing your life. But I think in today's climate, in today's culture, with everything the world has done, with cancel culture on the rise, with uh, with with all of the tension in our world, I think if I could preach one thing to you that would unlock. The blessing of God over your life and the favor of God in your life. This would be the thing I would tell you, and I want you to write it down. I want you to live a life of honor. I want to preach to you today. I want to teach to you that I'm going to try to teach it to you on the principle of honor, on the lost principle of honor. Now, it's going to be bumpy, and I don't like to fly. Where's everybody that doesn't like to fly? Everybody, yeah, short, usually short people, we just kind of like it down here, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, anyways, uh, I always hate when when the captain comes over and says, listen, it's it's going to be bumpy, but I got to be frank with you, it's going to be bumpy today, everybody. So, I know last week was all about victory, today I'm just going to, I got to give you something that's going to unlock your life and, and help you in your life. Are you ready for it? Yes. I, uh, I recently had a birthday, uh, thank you, anyways. Uh I just, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, I just turned uh, 40 a couple of, a couple of days ago and uh, I'm reading a book about midlife and uh, true I'm it's a true story. It's a book called 40/40 40, 40, and it's about, it's about men turning 40 and, and all that anyway and, and and trying to just work myself out of depression out of, out of all that. And, and the principle of this book is all about, um, uh, the, you know, the, the middle of your life, somewhere in your 40s or your 50s being the middle of a man's life. And, and I realize that. One of the things, one of the funny things it talks about is how you start reminiscing about childhood. I've reached the age. You know you're a certain age. Like, you know there's a certain age in your life when you get to when you talk about how things were when you were a kid. And you hate yourself for doing that. Like in the moment, you talk to yourself and you're like, ah, I just did the thing where I talked about how it used to be when I was a kid. And it just makes you feel older than you are or you, you realize that you say, I, I didn't do that. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? And I'm kind of at the age where I found myself talking about some stuff about my childhood. truth of the matter is we live in a culture that is saturated, maybe even addicted to, but certainly saturated by dishonor. We live in a culture saturated by dishonor. And if I'm honest, I look back over my life, and I was raised in the deep south. I wasn't raised in Texas, but um, maybe they're similar. But there's certain things that when I were a kid, we just didn't do. Uh, we, if I would have rolled my eyes at my mama when I was a kid, I today would be here with patches on these two eyeballs. Are you with me? I would be. I had lost my sight. Are you with me, everybody? If I would have, I wish I would have sucked my teeth to my mama, and I'd have lost my whole front grill right here. Would be fake today. Anybody else raised the way I was raised? And you look back over your life and you think, man, where did honor go? You didn't talk to people in authority that way. You didn't. Every I didn't say what to my mama. My mama would call my, name, my full name. Are you with me, everybody? Curtis Mitchell Rose with one L. Curtis Mitchell Rose. And when she would call my I didn't holler down, what? Oh, I could have, but brother would have been lame. Are you with me right now? It was yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. Anybody else raised the same way? And the truth is, I see people today, and, and I'm, I'm, I have a, a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, so I'm not telling you I've completely figured this out. I don't have teenagers yet, and I know there's a lot more bumpiness to come. But the truth of the matter is, I feel like we've lost a culture of honor. I feel like we've lost a culture of honor. And I know it sounds odd, like what, how would honor unlock the blessing of God in my life? But I really want to show it to you. In God's Word, uh, we, we live in this, we, we sort of accepted this culture of dishonor, you know, where people behind their cell phones and behind their keyboards, these keyboard cowboys who talk about everybody else online, and they dishonor everybody else's opinion, and, and they basically say, you know, you don't have any value, mine's the only opinion that matters, And then we live in this cancel culture that if you don't see it the way I see it, you don't get to just have another opinion. You're canceled. You don't get to have an opinion. Do you understand what I'm telling you? I've preached it to you before, but I'll go ahead and tell you again today that cancel culture is not kingdom culture. Cancel culture is not kingdom culture. God doesn't cancel you when you mess up, and we don't cancel other people because they're not like us if that was the if that was the measuring stick at which god uh, uh, measured all of us none of us would be here today are you there but we live in this culture where you can you can you can talk about them and you can dishonor them and you can you can it's created this tension of what everybody like you believes this and all people uh, of your race must believe this way and everybody who voted like this y'all must all be that and everybody's in this and we broad brush the whole world in a culture of dishonor. And the, and the truth is, God is calling us to a life of honor. And if you'll catch this principle, listen close. If you'll catch a life of honor, I promise you it will unlock some stuff in your life that you've been praying for. Let me give you a definition. I didn't put it on the screens, but you need to write this in your notes. Honor, by definition, means to add value to something. Honor, literally in the Bible, is a, is a is a measurement. It's it's a, it's it's actually a measurement of weight, like pounds or kilograms. It's it's about how much something weighs. And when you honor something, you give weight to something. You give value to something. You you decide here's the value that that belongs to. A couple of years ago, there was. A show on TV. I don't know if it's still on, but anybody ever watched Antique Road Show? Are you with me on this? It's where everybody searches for their junk and then you realize that your junk is actually valuable to somebody else. You know what I'm trying to say? Some of you are going to go home right now and start cleaning out your garage and calling people and be like, I got something. This is something. No, this is real. This is King Tut's things. Like, this is real. This- and maybe it is or maybe it isn't, but I, I would watch it and I would it would always be so interesting because it wasn't valuable to me when I found it. It was valuable because you put value on it. And honor isn't necessarily the value that I think I deserve. Honor's the value that you think it deserves. Are you still there? Honor puts weight to something. But dishonor is just the opposite dishonor treats something that is important as common. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to be real frank with you. I told you this a couple of months ago as we began to sort of shake off uh, all of this quarantine business and all that we've been going through for the past year and a half. And I really think if COVID gave us any gift, it was this. It revealed casual Christianity. It revealed the people who were just casual about it, and it's caused more people to become casual about it. Let me, let me. I'm gonna work this a little bit. I got 27 minutes and 33 seconds, and I'm gonna work this whole thing. Are you listening? It doesn't really matter if you work it with me. I'm gonna work it right by myself. <laughs> casual Christianity is where you sit on your couch in your pajamas, watching your cell phone, convincing yourself you went to church. You didn't go to church. You watched us go to church, but you didn't go to church. It's casual. We've become casual about it. Casual is it doesn't really matter how I talk to you, or it doesn't really matter about church or God's house or faithfulness, or it's it's a casualness, it's a commonness that we've just. I can go if I if I can, if I can't, it doesn't really matter. I just it's revealed this, and we have this casual nature with everything. Listen to me. Jesus is not your homeboy. Jesus is the Son of the Most High God. It's not casual. Are you with me? Yeah. And we've casualized everything about faith. Oh, man, if you can just it, just, it doesn't really matter. And bro, and we live in this bro culture. And, and you, you just—you just like me. we just all the same. You're not better than me. Oh, oh, okay. You're not above me. Oh, okay. Okay. And we take everybody down to the lowest common denominator of casualness. The truth of the matter is it reveals our heart of dis- honor that nobody deserves weight that nobody deserves value that that it doesn't really matter if your opinions different than mine somehow you're less than me like there's just, nobody's got any value nobody's got any weight to it nobody nobody deserves honor are you with me today yeah. let me show it to you in god's word first peter 2 and 7 says it like this show proper respect Proper respect. I think there's a difference in normal respect and proper respect to everybody. And then and then Peter goes on to say, love the brotherhood of believers, fear God, and honor the king. Like just in case you wondered who it was, it means everybody, 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 God, and everybody. It means everybody deserves honor. And, and maybe, I think sometimes maybe when honor isn't given is because you weren't, I, was, I told you I was raised in, in deep Arkansas. We used to say about people, you know, uh, uh, southern people have a way of insulting you and smiling through it. You know what I'm saying? Like if anybody from Arkansas ever told you, bless your heart. What that really means is, is well, you're so dumb. What's wrong with you? <laughs> we used to look at people and say, this is going like to home training. Are you with me on home training? You know what I'm talking about? So I just, sometimes I look at folks and think, they don't have no home training. <laughs> So I'm going to give you some church training. Is that okay, everybody? I want you to receive this as a message today. I, I, I know I'm not your father. I want you to receive it as a fatherly message today. I think it will unlock some stuff in your life. I think it will help you. And, and, and I want you to internalize this. I, I, I don't want you to internalize it because you'll go to hell without it. I want you to internalize it because you could live the best life God has for you with it. I want you. Last week, if if you don't if you don't internalize the the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, it's hell. That's the difference in heaven and hell. But today's message isn't the difference in heaven and hell. It's the difference in living a life of blessing and favor from God and a life of barely getting by. Because honor will literally change your life. Now I'm gonna give you some ideas about people who. Uh, live a life of dishonor, who lack honor in their lives. Now, I don't want you to look around. and I don't want you to elbow anybody. I don't want you to write any names in the margin of your notes. But I want you to think about people. I want you to internalize this in your life. People who lack honor, they're the kind of people who always have the perceived glass ceiling in their life. They're the people you look at and you can't quite figure out, why can't they just get ahead? Why is it that there's this invisible wall? People who lack honor have invisible walls in their life. And it seems like everybody else is able to move forward and they stay in the same position they've been in for 20 years. People who lack honor don't have the ability to move on. It's amazing to me. People who lack honor always face closed doors. And they're the first to tell you about how you got ahead because of what you just came. But, you know, you if I was born like you, if I had the opportunity you did, if I came from where you came from, if somebody like me like that, boy, I wish I would have had that opportunity. And they're, they're constantly faced with closed doors and not open doors, people who lack honor. They're constantly faced with lack of opportunity. Why didn't I get picked? Why didn't I get the promotion? Why didn't I go ahead? Why, why Why did my boss overlook me again? Why, why, why did it not work out again? People who lack honor, listen close. They have no deep relationships in their life. They can't tell you about a best friend from 20 years ago, but everybody they meet's their new best friend. You know why? Because all of their relationships are an inch deep and a mile wide. Because once I get past that inch, I realize, oh, you don't have the ability to honor anybody else in your life, but you. You don't have the ability to add value to anyone else. You just take from everybody else. You're not a contributor to any relationship. You're a taker in every relationship, and so every relationship falls apart before it has a chance to go deep. I told y- y'all, buck. Did you buckle up? If not, there's going to be some stuff in the overheads going to hit you on the head. I'm telling you. They have no deep relationships. You can look over their lives and think, who's somebody that's been with you for 20 years? Nobody. Because nobody can be around dishonor that long. You can see they're transient. I'm just giving you some signs about dishonor. Not y'all, but people in the first service. I knew some. But not Not, not, y'all. Nobody here. But... But they're transient; they change jobs all the time. Well, I worked here. their resumes three pages long, not because they're so talented, because they don't stay anywhere very long. I worked here a year, and then that boss just didn't. I mean, I just could And then so I went over there, and I was there a year, and well, I was there uh, a little under a year. But that boss just didn't like me. And then I went, and then over here, but I was there just over a year. But that boss just, it, it, I couldn't get along. And then, but I, I got this job about a year ago. But honestly, right now, I don't, I don't like the people I'm with. They're transient in in housing, in their jobs, in in everything in their lives. Are you still with me today, everybody? They're dangerous, and they're toxic people, people of dishonor. It's amazing to me in 20-plus years of vocational ministry, I'll see two people in church sit side by side for decades And one of those people, one of those Christians will succeed, will have open doors, will have opportunity, their lives move forward, they have healing, they have restoration, they have wholeness in their family, in their marriage, with their children. And the other person sitting under the same teaching, having the same opportunity, will always be held back, always have lack, always live in poverty, never able to come out, never able to get joy, always in depression, always dealing with anxiety, never able to really put together their lives. And it's amazing to me how did these two sit together and one of them went far and one of them was held back. It's also amazing to me how two siblings, some of y'all got siblings like this, raised in the same house. And one of them goes far in life, succeeds in life, puts together their life, moves ahead in their life, gets healing and wholeness, raised by the same parents, has the same DNA, came from the same wrong side of the tracks, and the other child can't ever seem to get it together. Anybody raising? Don't raise your hands on that. (laughs) Why? Why do two siblings that have the same opportunity, one of them lives on on the top side of life and one of them lives on the bottom side of life? Why? Why is it that one person can find their way through life and excel and have opportunity and success and, 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 and God opens up doors and the other one, it seems like every door is closed and every opportunity is closed and they just can't build bridges around there? Why? They both have the same parents. They both have the same DNA. They both sit in the same church. They both have the, how, do, how does one spouse always full of joy and happiness and peace and opportunity? The other spouse can't seem to make their way out of their past and mistakes and problems. Why, I, I told you I was going to work it to you, amen. I, it would be in your best interest to amen. Why is it that one person is always, always, always offended and the other person says, they, I don't think they mean it that way. I, didn't think it, I don't think that came out that way. I don't think they meant to hurt you like that. Why is one person always smiling and the other one's always Are you with me now? All right, I'll stop. I'll tell you why. Now I went to public school. Where's all my public school people at? Oh, yeah. All all, all you little holy people, y'all went to homeschool. Homeschool, yeah. <laughs> went to public school 12 years and i remember i remember the periodic table of elements you remember this there's 118 chemicals on the on the periodic table of uh, of elements and and there are two elements that are right beside one another on the periodic table of elements and they're and they're drastically different and i think it illustrates the point gold on the periodic table of elements is number 79 79 Mercury on the periodic table of elements is number 80. They're side by side on the table of elements. And there's only one thing that's different between gold and mercury, and it's one proton. Mercury has one more proton than gold does. And gold is very stable as a chemical, it's very strong as an element, it's very resilient. As an element, and mercury is extremely toxic. Side by side, one thing separates stability, strength, and resilience, and toxicity, and that one thing is one proton. And there's a lot of people I know, not here, but at other churches and in first service, that have one proton of dishonor in their life. And this person is stable and resilient and strong. And you're toxic to everybody you get around. And they're side by side. There's just one thing different. And I think that, I'm telling you, if I could teach anything to you, it'd be this in today's world. That one thing is living a life of honor. Of learning how... To do- dishonor will make you toxic in every relationship you have. And I believe, I'm, just, I, I'm giving you data over 20 years of ministry and pastoring thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Wonderful people, but people who are unstable. I think the number one factor, the number one key in instability is dishonor. If you don't learn how to live a life of honor, you'll always be... Wavering Why can't I get ahead Why can't I just get it together Why can't my relationships last long Why can't it all come together like it should You find somebody in your life Who cannot get ahead Life is always in chaos They have no deep lasting relationships They're constantly on the move And I'll almost guarantee you They have a problem with dishonor They live a life of dishonor Well who do they dishonor Everybody Other people They dishonor authority They dishonor their spouse. They dishonor their kids. They dishonor their boss. They dishonor their pastors. They dishonor government officials. They dishonor everybody. And the truth is God has designed you for honor. Write this in your notes if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write this anyway in your notes. Why would you come and not take notes? Write this down. Honor unlocks God's preferred future for you. Now notice I did not say honor unlocks God's future for you. God unlocks uh, honor unlocks God's preferred future for you. How many of you believe God has a preferred best plan for your life? He does. He has a best plan for your life, and that plan is full of favor. And the blessing of God and open doors and success and wholeness and stability and strength and resilience. God has a plan, the best plan for your life. And honor is what unlocks God's preferred future for you. The great prophetess Carrie Underwood <laughs> once said, Jesus, take the will. Are you with me? on? Ain't nothing wrong with the old prophetess, by the way, singing Jesus, take Ain't nothing wrong with that. But listen to me. Jesus ain't going to take your will. Jesus gave you the car. It's your job to drive it in the right direction. Jesus gave you all the gifts you needed. He died, was buried, and resurrected. Last week was about him giving you the vehicle for your destiny. This week's about you taking hold of the steering wheel and deciding, I'm going in the way of honor. I'm going to put my life in a way that gives God a reason to bless me. Shout amen to that. Jesus won't take the wheel of your life. That's your job, and you do it with honor. And when you'll drive the vehicle, the gifts, the opportunities, the open doors, the talents, the things God's put, the the unique design God gave you, when you put your hands on the steering wheel and say, God, I'm going to steward all of this in the direction of honor, God says, I'll unlock stuff in your life that would never be able to be unlocked. I'll show it to you in Scripture, Ephesians uh, uh, Ephesians 6 and 2. Paul writes, honor your father and mother. He's referring back to the great Ten Commandments, Exodus 6. Number five is honor your father and mother. And he said, this is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor. You need to underline that, write it on your mirror in soap or lipstick this week. If you honor. Things will go well for you. I love that Paul writes this promise, and I love that God gave it to Moses as a promise, and he didn't give the specifics. Well, you're going to get a promotion. Well, things are going to open up for you. Well, you're, you're going to have opportunity. Well, your marriage is going to stay healthy and whole. Well, your kids are going to have their lives together and move out before the 37, and, and every everything's going to come together in your life. He didn't list all that stuff out. He just said, you know what? You know what honor will do for you if you honor It'll unlock that things go well for you. I want to get to the end of my life, Jay. I want to get to the end of my life and people look at me and go, I don't really know how it all happened, but things tended to go well for him. I want you to get to the end of your life and people go, I'm not sure exactly what they did. I don't know how they unlocked this, but it just seemed like everything everything they touched turned to gold. Every relationship they were in was healthy. It wasn't. They weren't perfect, but it just seemed like everything went well for them. I want you to have the kind of life that everything goes well for you. Shout amen to that. That's God's best preferred future for you is everything goes well and you live long on the earth. That's God's preferred future. But you can shortchange the plan of God for your life with dishonor. It's honor that unlocks it. You say, what is dishonor? I'm glad you asked. What is dishonor? dishonor I'm going to give you a couple of things. I just want you to look in your. I don't want you to think about anybody else. I want you to internalize this message. Make it for you. People who live lives of dishonor are gossipers. Gossipers. I I, I said the other day, I was listening to Bishop T.D. Jakes the other day, and he was preaching, and he said uh, that I've ne- in 62 years of living, he said, I've never met a rich gossiper. Because rich people are worried about their business, and gossipers are always in your business. I've never met somebody who was able to do both. There's just people who are always. Why do you think that they'll talk to you about them, but they won't talk to them about you? People of dishonor are, are constantly gossiping, to, telling what they think they and you and you walk up on the. You ever you ever walked up on a conversation you knew was about you? Again, not here, but I do it after first a lot. constant sarcasm, backbiting, backbiting. Saying one thing to you and something else to them. Passive-aggressive, these are my favorite, passive-aggressive posts on Facebook that you know they're talking about somebody, but they won't list who they're talking about. And people who are passive-aggressive usually begin their posts with, guys, (laughs) guys. And guys means y'all all all know. Wink, wink. It's Aubrey. Or whoever. (laughs) Guys, you'll never believe. And people, how they... This constantly passive aggressive. Using a nickname or a slang for somebody in authority. It's a sign of dishonor. Being casual with everybody. I was raised where every single time we spoke to someone in authority, or someone older than me. It was yes ma'am and no ma'am and yes sir and no sir. Anybody else? But we've lived in this casual instead of respectful, common instead of value, rushing to the front of the line instead of preferring others. And the truth of the matter is honor starts in your mouth. I said honor starts with what you say. Look at Luke 6 and 45. The Bible says a good man brings good things... Out of the good stored up in his heart. But an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Because your mouth is a tattletale on your heart. Your mouth is a tattletale on your heart. And when I hear dishonor from your mouth. When somebody hears how you talk. It usually reveals what, the, as the mouth speaks, the Bible says, for what the mouth speaks, the heart is full of. And if the mouth talks about casual, not just, uh, if, it's just amazing, it, it, just how, how the mouth will betray the heart. It always tattletales on what's here. I'm gonna be frank with you. Are you ready for this one? I think it could get more turbulent before it gets better. It's why in my home we never have referred to the current sitting president by his last name only. He isn't Biden or Trump or Obama. He's President Biden and President Trump and President Obama. Does that mean I agree with any of their politics? None of your business who I agree with. But I want my house to have a culture of honor. And if I can't agree with you, at least I can honor the position you hold. Because I'm teaching honor with my mouth. And if your mouth has a way of teaching your heart, I, we had both of our babies in Austin. Well, we didn't. Brandy had both of them. But I was there <laughs> in North Austin. I was working at a church in Southwest Austin and pastored by a wonderful guy. I've been there uh, 35 years now and uh, just a great church. And uh, I was serving on staff there for five and a half years and we had our babies and uh, he's in his 70s. The senior pastor of the church is in his 70s now. And, and so his children were having children at the same time we were having children. And so our kids for the first five years of their life grew up with the pastor's grandchildren. And and, and, they, were, and they were the closest as, as, a, you know, as a staff. And all of us kind of had kids the same age. And so uh, they, they were close with one another. And the pastor's grandchildren... Would refer to him that his grandfather name is Bo Daddy. <laughs> Anyways, when my grandfather name is gonna be Big Daddy, but that's another discussion. So they call this is true. They call him Bo Daddy. That's his, that's his grandfather name. So my kids grew up and, and they spent the first five years of their life. Call this is true. They they because they heard their friends say it about their grandfather. They they believe to this day, nine years old and six year old, they refer to him as Pastor Bo Daddy. <laughs> they call him Pastor by his grandfather's name. Why? It's not because it's not because he's so special. It's because I don't let my children get casual with spiritual leadership. It's because I never refer to him by his first name, Rex. He's always Pastor Rex in my life. Are you with me, everybody? My pastor, I've never called my pastor by his first name. In, in our most casual conversations, I've never referred to him by his first I'm a senior pastor of a church. He's a senior pastor of a church. Truth be told, our church is larger than the senior pastor he churches. And yet, he pastors, churches, the, the churchy pastors. And yet, I refer to him as pastor, always. Why? Not because I'm elevating but because I want honor to always be in my heart for him. Are you with me, everybody? Because I don't ever want it to get casual where I feel like if he has to step in and lead in my life, and he has, and pastor in my life, that I can say, oh, that's just Russ. That's no, I, he, I don't have to listen to him. That's just Daniel. I don't have to listen to him. That's just the way he talks to me. No, 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 that's pastor in my life. I've ele- I put weight on him and value on him and elevated his voice in my life. Are you there, everybody? That's honor that I'm giving. That, and it's not for me; it's for you. It's not for pastor. It's for my children. I want them to always honor the man of God in their life. It's about what they say. I honor those in authority. I honor those in spiritual authority. I honor those in civic authority. We don't ever refer to policemen and police women as pigs. I honor their position. D-d- Does it mean they're not bad? Of course, there's bad cops. There's bad everything. There's bad HEB workers. There's bad everybody's. But we're going to honor everybody in authority. Are you still there? We're going to honor our mayor, our governor, our pastors, our leaders, our coaches, our teachers, our parents, our grandparents. We're going to acknowledge and Here's the reason why. Because honor, write this down, acknowledges that all authority comes from God. God put me in this classroom. You're not just that old teacher that picks on them. No, no, no. That, I'm telling you, in our home, in Brandy's home, in my home, we always believe, you know what? That teacher's got your best interest at heart. We'll deal with it later. But we never tear down authority in front of our children. We never tear down their coaches. That coach is an idiot. That teacher's an idiot. They don't know what you are talking about. No, no, no. I'm going to build up authority in their life because I want them to honor the authority God put in their life. Say amen to that. Honor acknowledges that all authority comes from God. Truth is, though, it's not just about those in authority. you got to learn how to honor everybody. We we got to this age in social media where a bunch of 30-year-olds who live in their parents' basement and uh, sit behind their computers in their underwear uh, tell everybody else how wrong you all are because you don't believe the way they believe. And we live in this crazy woke culture where everybody else that doesn't believe like I believe is wrong. And we cancel everybody. I'm going to be honest with you. I love free speech. I appreciate our country. But just because you can say it doesn't mean you should say it. (laughs) I told you. I'll come back next week. God, I'm going to preach about love or agape. or I don't know. It's going to be. Oh, I'm just going to smile the whole time. I'm just going to sit in the camera and smile at it. But today I'm trying to give you something that will help your life. Everybody deserves honor. Philippians two says, "Do nothing out of selfish ambition or for vain conceit, but in humility consider everybody better than yourself." Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but everybody should be. On. How do you treat the waiter or the waitress at your table? Hey, hey, let me get uh, let me get some more pink drink all around. No, whatever it is, you got. How do you treat the girl at the cash register? How do you treat the guy at the gym? How do you treat your neighbors? How do you treat guests that come to church with you? Why? Because every person you meet is made in the image of the Most High God. And everybody deserves value and weight. I'm not telling you all opinions are equal, but all people deserve value. They deserve honor in your life. Well, you don't know. Here it is. Are you ready? You don't know who they are though. You don't know what they, I know them. I don't respect them. You don't know what they said about me. You don't know what they did. I know the, I know the back story. Honey, you just got here. I know, I know how they offended me. I know what they did to me. Listen to me, right? If you don't hear anything else, I tell you, listen to this today. Honor is a decision that I make, not a privilege that you earn. Honor is a decision that I make to give you. Not a privilege you earn. We mistakenly believe someone has to earn my honor. That's not true. They earn your trust. They receive your honor. You don't have to trust everybody. But we honor everybody. Honor is a, Honor says more about my character than it does yours. Honor's, respect and trust is all about who they are. Honor is all about who I am. I'm gonna honor everybody. It doesn't matter what position there. I'm a servant to every. If you're the boss, you need to honor everybody that works for you. If you're the dad, you need to honor everybody in your family. I listen to me. You may think my little kids are spoiled, but when I make their little mac and cheese, come on somebody, and the little chicken's able put together, I bring it to them. I set it. I, I put them right in front of the TV and the coffee table, and I put their little juice boxes in front of them. Not because they are spoiled. Their mama spoils them, but not just because of that. But because I honor them. Well, you're the daddy. They're supposed to do that to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you don't understand. Every Everybody in this family gets honor. Everybody deserves respect. This is not about me versus you. This is about we're in this together and we honor one another. Everybody deserves value. Romans 12, i got to hurry. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. And in honor, prefer one another. Come play so they think I'm closing. I'm not, but I just... I want y'all to feel like I am. Jonathan's the cue. Number three. I'm just giving you some stuff that unlocks the power of God in your life. And I think this is the one. This is why I had to preach this to you. Travis, this is is the reason why. Months ago when I determined this sermon series, I knew exactly when it laid out. This was the one message I knew I had to give. I'm giving six. This is the one I had to give you. And it has to do with this last thing. And it's this, write this down. Honor activates God's miraculous power. If there's one thing I want for your life more than anything else, is I want the miracle-working power of God to work for you. I want there to be miracles in your life. I want there to be stuff you look back over, William. I want there to be stuff when we talk for weeks and months about what do I do next and how do I take a next step and what am I supposed to do and opportunities are all over the place and I remember a conversation we had and I said you know there's worse things in this world than opportunity (laughs) than options you get to pick whichever one you know why because he's lived a life that unlocked honor honor unlocked and now miracles are everywhere I shouldn't have what I have I shouldn't have been this far in the company I, we shouldn't have been this blessed. I shouldn't have been able to retire this early. Shouldn't have this opportunity like I've got it. I really don't deserve this family. I don't deserve this relationship. I don't deserve these kids. Well, how did it all happen? Well, to be honest, it's a miracle. That's what I want for you. I want you to have miracles in your life. I want there to be miracles of opportunity and miracles of open doors and miracles of promotion and miracles of God's favor all over you. I want there to be miracle healing in your body. I want there to be miracles in your mind. I want there to be miracle restoration of your family, of your relationships, of your marriage. I I want you to have the miraculous power of God in your life. How? Honor unlocks and activates God's power. When I honor God, I unlocked the miraculous in my life. Psalms 29 and 2 says ascribe to the Lord. The Hebrew word in Psalms ascribe is the same word for weight. Give weight, honor the Lord. Give Him all the honor that's due His name. Worship the Lord in splendor of His holiness. How do you honor God? You honor Him with your body. You honor Him with your possessions. You honor God with your time, our dream team, the amazing people. You honor God with our finances. Proverbs 3 and verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of all that you have. If you'll do that, your barns will be full, your vats filled to overflowing. Honor the Lord with your finances. I honor God with my energy. I honor God with my habits. And when you do, it unlocks the miraculous. I'll show it to you in Scripture. Jesus has been preaching somewhere. He's, He's moving from Capernaum his adopted hometown, to his real hometown, Nazareth. Matthew 13 and 53. Jesus had finished these parables. He moved on from Capernaum, and he goes to his hometown, Nazareth. And he begins teaching people in their synagogue. I I love that the first place Jesus goes on vacation is church. But anyway, they were all amazed. And they looked at his life, and they said, "Where, Eric, where did he get all this wisdom? Where did all these miracles start working in his life? Where did this all happen they asked? How did he get all these? And then they said this, listen, now now listen listen to the tone. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Casual. Isn't this Mary's boy? They don't mention Joseph his father. Most theologians believe Joseph died when Jesus is young. He's not at the cross and he's not in this Most people believe Joseph has died So Mary's a single mom And everybody in Nazareth starts saying Isn't that That little dirty kid from?" I think that's the kid Whose daddy died Isn't that the kid whose mama Raised him on food stamps Isn't that the kid That had reduced lunch in school I know him, his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, Judas His sisters, that whole family Was kind of And they start making casual The son of the living God And they take him down Where did this man get all of that? He doesn't deserve all this They took offense at him Now listen, this is is it, we'll pray Jesus said to them You know, it's amazing, I come home My own house is a prophet Here it is, without honor. Oh, I see what's happening here. Oh, this whole town's infected with dishonor. And this is the key to the whole message I had to give you. And Jesus did not do many miracles there. And if you look back over your life and you say, God, why haven't you opened this up? God, where are the miracles that I thought I could? God, where's the opportunity that I think I deserve? Maybe it's so that you're not living a life of honor because honor is connected to miracles. Honor activates the miraculous power of God. If there was honor in Nazareth, Jesus would have healed all the sick people, opened up all the deaf ears, raised all the dead. But I can't do any of that in dishonor. And God, listen, my deepest prayer for you is that you see the miraculous in your life. My deepest prayer for our church is this is a miracle working church. That you come to this church and you think, man, that's a miracle. That, I can't believe that God restored their marriage. It's a miracle that I know that addict and, and God saved him and miraculously changed his life. I want you there to be miracles of healing. And I remember when he had cancer and was diagnosed and God miraculously. How do we have the miracles that God wants to get? How do we have the miraculous power of God in our church? It's because we have a culture of honor we have a culture of honor and you can unlock the miraculous in your life and God has so much to give you if you live a life of honor bow your heads let's pray Father I know it's a hard day and they didn't come bargaining for all that I'm just asking you to use the simple message to unlock some stuff God, I pray for people today who've looked at their lives and think, "Man, I wish I had more opportunity." Man, why do they get all the breaks and I can't seem to get ahead? Man, how, how did they how did they get that and I didn't get this? And God, I just pray for a little introspection today. Come on, everybody in the room, pray. God, is there dishonor anywhere in my life? Have I lived this life where I've made casual what you've made valuable? Where I've gotten too comfortable and casual with authority or? too comfortable and casual with other people. I don't treat people with honor and respect. And God, is there something in my life that you want to give me but it depends on my honor and if so, God I'm sorry. Come on, say that. God, I repent. All that stuff in me, all that dishonor, all that gossip in me, all that casualness and lack of honor. I just take all of that out of me. God, I'm asking you I'm going to replace it with a life of honor where I put people where they belong. Where I add value to people and I give weight to people I honor everybody others. I don't have to agree with them I honor authority I honor the spiritual authority I thank you for my pastor God I send blessing to my pastor today I thank you for our city I pray for our mayor today I Thank you for this state and our governor I pray for President Biden and his captain I, I, I give honor pray for all of our first responders in San Antonio. I give honor to people who lay their lives down for others. I pray for our military. I give honor. I, I give weight to those. I, I, I give honor to our dream team today. Father, I pray for every person who gives to God's house. God, I thank you for our financial partners. I honor them today. Bless them, I pray. God, uproot any, any dishonor in my life. In Jesus' name. Everybody shout amen.